good morrow, and good morning. Now, despite a numerous amounts of technolog tech tech technical difficulties, we're back. Holy hell! I <laughs> third time's the charm. Good God, you couldn't tell you where's it as it goes. Let's try this from the top. <laughs> from the top. There we go. <laughs> Good evening, good morrow, and good morning. All of my magnificently sexy brethren out there, I hope you're doing fantastically well. Welcome to the Den of Iniquity, the Studio Fantastico, and in which we've got one of our favorite brethren all the way from the other side of the world, Widows Tama. Welcome, Brother Bailey. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you, brother. Uh, again, thank you for having me on uh, your magnificent podcast. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> Well, Lord knows I take some personal uh, enjoyment out of listening to you. So it is a deep pleasure to have you back on. And likewise, we value your opinion. We, you know, we value the conversation, the dialogue you bring into it. And today we've got an enticing one, a sexy one, one of which I feel like has a lot of relevance in today where we have a lot of distraction going on. And that has to do with initiation. So within the craft, we know that there's, you know, it's deeply initiatic. But before you came into the craft, how would you personally define your experience with this concept of being initiated or starting something new? Um, in terms of initiation, before joining the craft, of course, I hadn't experienced anything like the sorts. I mean, you have your uh, very casual initiation. I, I mean, I should reword that. I've never had or been a part of initiation um, so structured, so organized, um, so symbolic, you know, uh, anything that would even, you know, uh, struggle to, to compare, I, I guess, would be a sports team. But that initiation was um, quite casual, you know, uh, not so much structure. It was a bit of a shits and gigs, as you may say. Um, so I guess my viewpoint on being initiated was a little bit skewed as I didn't actually know that such things existed, at least, you know, with regards to the initiation regarding Freemasonry, I couldn't have even possibly comprehended something like that happening because I've never been a part of something like that. Um, you know, it wasn't something that I was so closed-minded to. I was actually quite excited, excited and in like equal parts, like a little bit nervous. In fact, no, fuck that. It, I was bloody shitting my pants i was nervous as hell you know to walk into this lodge room to see all these all these men in suits and regalia you know looking all business like real official um you know something completely uh mind-blowing something completely alien to me um and again my definition of initiation before um joining the craft was something so much different and, and you know something so completely alien to me do you think that you when you look at where you were before you started this journey and to where you are now what do you think it was about that initiation that experience because we've you know we've all gone through things initiations into manhood sometimes which are more uh, socially bound right you get married you get with a woman you know there are these different events which happen in your life your first job your first car your first fight you know there are these different there are these things yep. which happen to you you know, yep. of all of them, what do you, what was it about the initiation within Freemasonry that really brought you to where you are now? And do you think you'd be here had you not had be here in your world uh, without having gone through that level of an initiation? Oh, definitely not. I mean, like I said, that was something completely 
alien to me. Um, I, I've never been part of something so structured, so well thought of, so pre-planned and um, even having those like nuances of symbology and allegory attached to that initiation. Um, I've never ever experienced anything like the sort. And I think in my own personal experience, having gone through that, it, yeah, it, you know, it opened my eyes. Um, you know, it was something completely, I keep using the word different, but I can't think of anything else. It was something completely different from what I had constructed in my mind. I was, <laughs> I was under the impression that I was going to get paddled. So I, I low-key clinched when I was walking around the body of a lodge. And, and obviously oh, when, I, when I was um, brought into the light, having my brother surround me, um, I, I could feel that, I don't know, I could just feel that love from every single one of my brothers that was in that lodge room. It was something completely opposite to, to what I had constructed mentally. Um, and, and to be, you know, once I had that veil lifted and I was, you know, as they say, brought into the light. Yeah, I can only imagine that would be how someone would feel as if they had some sort of divine intervention, some sort of divine providence. That's the only way that I, I there's nothing, not something I've ever experienced, but just that overwhelming well, feeling. It's a really interesting comparison, and I think that that kind of serves as a positive segue into kind of what, what I want to look at when, when it comes to this purpose of initiation. Because with the craft, uh, you know, it is a system of allegory meant to deliver you into an understanding of morality and give you a system that you can use to navigate that, more, that moral improvement of self. And a lot of people yep. experience this and through, through something which you described, which is like divine providence. You know, you have something which happens to you in your life where it puts you in immediate contact with the grander magnitudes of our experience yep. in, in this world. And so before the craft, what were some experiences, uh, you know, what were some things that, happened that, ha that may have happened or in your life that you observed that really brought you into these points of introspection in the same way that we see uh, within the craft of Freemasonry, it gets really heavily pushed on. Ooh. Nothing. There, there, there is nothing that I can compare it to, at least within my own personal life. Um, if I could say, like, I had quite a, I don't know, I guess a systematic mechanical way of living before, before the craft, in a sense that I was kind of restricted by my own preconceptions, my own prejudices and biases and all that sort of stuff. And, and if I had to make some sort of comparison um, from my life experiences and, and, and sort of try and, um, you know, sort of compare them to that initiation, I, I wouldn't be able to give you one because it's not something that I have ever experienced in my entire life. Like I said, everything that has come close has always been a uh, social initiation with no sort of structure um you know it, it was very very casual very social um very off the cuff those sorts of initiations i have been a part of you know with regards to sports teams and, and you know just things within friends and, and whatnot so i would fail to be able to compare any of my life experiences to that process of initiation and even the feeling that i've got from that there have been moments in, in my life where i have had something similar um 
but I was in a different mind frame back then. Um, you know, maybe no less than five years before I joined the craft, I was I was atheist man. You know, I, I was strictly no higher. I didn't have a belief in anything. I was at, at a spiritual contention. You know, spiritual conflict. I had a you know I, I was spiritually conflicted. Um, reasons for that being that I grew up in a very uh, diverse neighborhood culturally diverse neighborhood and I had had the pleasure of absolutely being a part of um, you know this this massive neighborhood family getting to experience different crops of life and 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 ideas and uh, religious and spiritual differences and um, as I had never ever been forced or made to worship something you know how some families are just of one religion. I had never had that in my life. I had such spiritual freedom to find out for myself. And it's something that I've been truly grateful. It's one of those thoughts that, you know, as I'm sitting on the couch and I'm kind of reflecting on, on, on my life moments and thinking, shit, I, I was so lucky that I was granted the freedom I had with regards to finding out something that would resonate with me different tools for different people. I'm sure you've heard that before. And, and, and um, as I said, you know, going back to where I was going before, like um, with regards to my spiritual um, conflict, you know, uh, because of me experiencing all these different walks of life, seeing the good that was um, done by regular average Joes, you know, regular men and women, boys and girls in the name of their faith and the name of their spirituality, I just couldn't bring myself to align with one if it meant that I had to disregard the rest. And that is the primary reason that I had that conflict because I just couldn't bring it upon myself to go down a road which would mean that I would have to disregard everyone else's beliefs everyone else's experiences and um, sort of say that someone was wrong in, in, in what they were doing in terms of uh, worship and belief um, so yeah backtracking to your original question you know coming off this tangent I would not be able to give you a life experience that came anywhere near um, my my Masonic initiation, all the better, like the better. Well, you know, that's I think that really that's a testament to the experience behind the, the I would say the what is the moral science of our ritual within the craft. Within yep. the craft, uh, for those who are uninitiated, there are three primary degrees of the Blue Lodge. They are the Entered Apprentice, the Fellow Craft, and the Master Mason. Now, brother, as you took these three different degrees, you passed in 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 sorts you were initiated three times in each one of these places in each one of these ways through different uh stages of life as is it as it is often indicated in our ritual and our right um how would you personally say would you do you think it was the whole experience of these degrees that brought you to where you are do you think was there one particular degree that it kind of you know you feel like prepared you the most or you know there's definitely a moment right where you go from one world to the other one space yep. to another for you, where did that really occur within the, your Masonic career? Oh, wholeheartedly within my entered apprentice degree. Okay. Because by the time I got to my fellow craft and my master Mason, I already had an expectation. I already had that experience. So I had something to more or less go off of. Whereas in my entered apprentice degree, I had nothing to go off of. I essentially went in blind, both, you know, metaphorically and, you know, otherwise um so yeah I, I think the defining point in me um kind of 
pinpointing through those three degrees where my life kind of switched would definitely be my entered apprentice degree. And to this day, it is my favorite degree because of that, because of that experience that I had, because of that kind of shift in, I, I guess you could say consciousness because- I was waiting for the C word. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. So yeah, what do you think brought yeah, that about, right? Because that's a big change. That, that's the thing in many spaces, you know, those conversations, you know, it ain't just those daddy issues. These are, these are bigger questions. These are bigger uh, problems of sorts when you consider the question of where must you be and where are you going to be going through and experiencing this initiation. So with your mindset, where, where were you and where did you end up going through that first, that first degree? Um, well, where I was, was was an absolute state of confusion um in all honesty like I, I didn't know what i was well I, no that's a lie i knew what i was getting myself into with regards to freemasonry because i had two very trustworthy sources my good friend and my father-in-law so i knew i trusted them you know from what they were telling me with obviously without um breaking their obligation um but um yeah i mean I guess the mind frame in which I was in was again a state of also confusion because there were things I was unaware of. I was essentially putting my faith, which is a funny word considering that I don't, I'm not a man of faith, but you know, you know where I'm going with this. Um, I put my faith in in the men that I trusted most, um, which was my father-in-law and and my really good friend. Um, you know, and that faith was well placed. And I knew that going in from the start, I knew that I was not going to be part of something that I never believed in because they both knew what my beliefs were. They both knew the kind of man that I was. Um, but that still didn't kind of that still didn't stop me from being in that moment of confusion, of of unknowing, of of darkness. You you, you could say. Um, and like I said, the, the moment that, that veil was lifted, and it was. Again, I've had very, I could count with one hand, one hand, how many times I had a feeling like that. So, so it was unexpected. It really was. It really was to, to see all my brothers, you know, brothers of different religion, different spirituality, different walks of life standing around me, you know, as a family, my, my Masonic family, I was now initiated into something greater than myself, something selfless. And I knew that and I felt that and, and I, I could genuinely just I don't, I don't know how to explain it I, I genuinely do not know how to explain it because like I said I can only ever count that feeling with one hand that I've experienced that in my entire life in all 35 years of my life um, and it That's was something incredible. that I didn't expect it was something that I never expected I didn't expect to feel so much welcome so much belonging um especially within in the frame of, you know, two hours, especially since two hours ago, I didn't know what I was getting into. I was shitting my pants, you know, despite the trust and the, and, and the faith that I had in my, in my father-in-law and my, um, my friend, I was still shitting myself. And it, it's it absolutely buzzes me out how such a <sighs> profound change could happen in the space of two hours. Like it, I look back on it and I'm just like, fuck man, like, it was such a totally unique experience for me. And I did not expect to feel the feelings that I felt um, in that moment. Like it, it just, it completely fucking blindsided me. And 
um you know you kind of for like total ritual for the win that, that i mean that's well, the yeah, like no shit i kind of flinched a little bit as, as this feeling overwashed me and i was just like fuck man i was i was not expecting that and and after we went into the refectory after everything was done and i was presented my apron of an entered apprentice freemason um yeah, I've just never felt that sense of belonging before in, res in respect to um, things outside of my own family and friends, you know? Yeah, there's... Especially someone I've never met before, you know? That was the thing that buzzed me out the, men, the most. I had met these men in, in my investigation and maybe at the pub. And, and even that was a very, very brief talking. But I'd never, ever expected that I would feel that from a bunch of strangers, you know? They were now my brothers and I knew that, you know? And, and I could see it in the look in their eyes. I could tell by the tone in their voice. I could, the way they conducted themselves, the way they embraced me, it was, it was, it was strangely weird. And, you know, and, and a lot of people, as you would say, would say, oh yeah, father, this dude's got father issues. No, I don't, you know, I've got an absolutely awesome relationship with my father, my stepdad, uh, my stepfather and my father-in-law. Um, I've had strong male figures in my life and equally strong female figures in my life. Um, so yeah, it was just something that I didn't, wholeheartedly expect and and that feeling has grown as i have progressed within my masonic career it, it really is weird well now there's an interesting aspect because you know as men in our society you know universally in in this world there's a lot of responsibility there's a lot of even if it's just you could say social pressure on the things you can't do and the things that you can't do that you may want that you may seek to try to create and the personal limitations that you face and doing them alone yeah. So what really stood out to me when I listened to your response was that it seems like in the, the mental state that you're in, um, when you started it, there was this place of like, almost inevitably, right? When we, when we first start, we're thinking about ourselves. When I started, yeah. you know, I went in there looking for the secrets. I was looking for something. It had nothing to do with anybody else around me. Not these different brethren, not these people from different walks of life. I was, it's about me. After I went through that initiation in that space, the me did not exist. Now, it doesn't mean it doesn't speak up sometimes, but there, there was this sense where I felt like I was obligated to this greater whole, this collective force yep. around me. That was an empowerment. That was something which before in my life, the only thing I had ever been obligated to in that kind of way, which was like you said, my family or my friends, right? If I, if I married them, made them or found them so to speak right you know there, there's this aspect that you gotta you gotta take care of them you're obligated you've yep. made these relationships and the the charity which is exemplified especially in in our in our degrees in our in our teachings was one of those things which was so unfounded in any kind of religious system um, beforehand that getting aligned with it in a way which you know because i don't know like listen i don't know i don't know about you but last time i went to church i've never been given shit Right. Last time I stepped into a typical Judeo church, you know, they're like, yo, yo, put 10% of your money in the basket. Otherwise you can fucking leave. Um, <laughs> you know, there's just this, there's, you, you don't get the help with your issues today, but when you come to the craft, you know, and don't get me wrong, like you pay for your friends. I love it. Best friends I could ever hope for. But yep. uh, there is, there is this space of charity, which exemplifies something I'd never found before in my life. I'd never experienced that before. And it was charity that didn't come at my benefit. It was, it was deemed to be the world's benefit. You know, collectively, we're working to improve the individual moral self to be a better tool to work upon building the grandest structure. 
And that was something that just, you know, it really hit home for me, but it's not something you see in our society outside of that. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I, and I wholeheartedly agree with you. And, and, and I do share those sentiments as well. The reason why I got in the craft was for the uh, philanthropy, for the charity, because um, in my life I had, I had experienced um, huge amounts of benevolence, especially with regarding to my kids. And I'd always appreciated it. It, it always hit home for me. It always touched my heart. And I promised myself from that moment that I was going to be more involved with my community and give to charity, um, you know, be involved with charity. Um, and that was my self selfish goal going in. Like, you know, I, I don't give a fuck. Like if I get to do some charity, I'll do some charity. I'll go to the lodge. You know, if I get to fulfill this promise, sweet as I don't, I don't give a fuck about anyone else. Um, and then when I walked into that, you know, as I left that initiation, that was something that clicked in me. It was like, damn, like it isn't about me. It, you know, this isn't about me. This is about us. Um, you know, my brothers will help me um, with, with what I want to get out of Freemasonry and I will learn a shitload of stuff from there. And my, my perceptions will be challenged and sweet as, and I can do the same for them. And it's all from a place of love and harmony and just total fucking respect. And that was something I didn't expect really. Like I, I, I you hear stories about the craft, you know, oh, brotherhood fraternity. And it's like, yeah, sweet as, you know, I got friends. I, I, I know what it's all about. You know, I, I've got friends who I would consider brothers. I know what that's all about. But those are relationships that you build after a lifetime, never before. They I take a fucking would... lifetime, man. You don't, <laughs> but shit, yeah. right? Like, oh, that's a really, that's a really sexy way to put it, right? Because, you know, those are the, you know, you get the things that you've, that you can sit in the shade of and go, oh, yes, I'm in the shade and forget that it took. Yeah years to get to this point be a work friend school friend family friend even if it's you know these trust and these relationships but there are places where you know i can go to lodge and i trust the wife of my brother to watch my daughter you know like i i, I can there's this there's this this wholehearted genuinity genuinity um expressed between brothers that i think is a testament it's a testament to that experience that 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 initiation now here's where it gets a little weird for me right because Freemasonry is something that in many aspects people see as dying. It's, it's selective. It's not universally available. It's certainly not as popular as the Christian Catholic or any of the other predominant monotheistic <laughs> faiths out there. Not that I have a stick up my yeah. ass about that. Um, but it's one of the only one of them that is pretty much at its heart non-separatist, right? It's not about separating or declaring anything other than that people can be good and improve and that we're all here to help each other and to help each other do one thing. It doesn't define what that one thing is. It doesn't, you know, it really aligns you as a man, as, as, as an individual human with universal experience as a person and, yep. and how to share that with other people who are also, you know, aware of the same unified space so why do you think it is that the craft not like i said guards the secret but why is it that we find this in freemasonry but not in all of the other um not in so many of the other avenues of uh grouping that, it, that our, our society and our world holds i think it's because we make a point to say that we don't we make it a point that religion and your outlook in life or, or whatever you may believe is not a focus point you know, we're not going to focus on those differences. We're not going to focus on the things that divide us. It's, it's not even, 
a point that's brought up in Lodge, um, and we're in, we're encouraged about that. You know, um, to seek that harmony, to seek that unity, um, to 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 respect. I think I think the the, the biggest thing we have here um, in, is which we operate on a boundary of respect. We don't have to agree with one another. Hell no. I, I've had, if I was to measure everyone by their belief, I'd fucking hate the majority of people in this world. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going maybe to that's honest, my problem was... <laughs> um you know and and I think the way in which we operate and, and how we are able to provide the things that we provide and, and and it seems to be a bit more difficult for other institutes is because um you know religion and one's belief and one's spirituality it, it isn't it isn't a topic it you know we we operate on that boundary of respect. And from there, we acknowledge that those men have, have made that choice of their own free will to, to worship who they want to worship, to believe in what they want to believe in. Um, you know, and, and I feel as if my comment is a little bit um, biased because I've operated that way my entire life, um, except for when that moment of time where I was atheist because I just couldn't fucking understand why people couldn't get along and why these religious differences were such a hot mixing pot of fucking I mean, bullshit. I better to understand. dissociate from all of them than to be unified with any one of them, right? Like if I separate myself in any way, I've heard him say that similar about the name of God or God in general, right? The minute you've said what God is, is the minute you've lost it. Mm. Yeah. But um, yeah, they, I mean, that was, I, I, this is what I sought out. And I think once I found out this piece of information, that was it. Like, so I found out through talking to my father-in-law, you know, I, I said, you know, I want to get a part of charity. I want to be part of something, the community, you know, something, something greater than myself. I just want to do some fucking good in the world. And when I found out that we have men of all religion, you know, and spiritualities, and, and, and it wasn't even a contentious point. Like I couldn't believe it at first. Like literally I could not believe it. Um, which is funny because we operate like that in like places of employment and whatnot. Like, it's not such a weird concept when I break it down because we do that in day-to-day -day life. That's fair. Um, I didn't think about that. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I mean, it, despite the fact, you know, um, fuck, I've lost my train of thought on that bit, but it, as I was saying, going back, you know, I, I feel as if my opinion on that matter is a little bit biased because I've always operated on that. And when I found out that, that Freemasons had that outlook, with regards to spirituality and religion that was that was the fucking nail in the coffin for me i signed my petition then and there because that was something that i was missing and i didn't even know it i didn't even know it um i didn't even know such a thing could exist um you know keeping in mind that we do this every day you know in other places sports teams places of employment social gatherings i don't know There's why the concept there's a level with those, right? Where they don't feel as close to home. You know, they're almost social. They're, they exist out yep. there. They're not, you know, it's, it's, yep. it's a social initiation. It's not being a part of something that has this connection to a reality of you, a real dimension yep. of you. Okay, so there's, a, there's kind of a, a question there. There's something we've talked about quite a bit recently. And this is where, when we talk about the non-secretarian views of the craft and how it doesn't require you to believe in any one thing, but it does require you to believe in one thing you know, in yeah. some all governing force, but it doesn't declare that and define that. 
do you believe yep. or do you think that, that 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 having a belief in a higher power is a universally shared quality of the human experience or that it is something restricted to your state in that human experience oh it's a tough one i mean if we look back very rarely has there been a point in time in which there hasn't been a society or community that has um had that sort of universal belief whether it be in one shape or another you know whether it be in the form of a um you know uh, a pantheon of gods or just a single god it, it doesn't matter whether it be you know representations of how uh, nature works you know civilization sees a bloody volcano explode and it's something completely um you know something completely outside of their thought of understanding that they have to uh affiliate that that work of nature with some sort of divine being um i the fact in, in which we have people that haven't really worshipped or, or, or believe in some sort of overriding power is something that, that to my knowledge is something that's only kind of happened over the last you know 100 years or so without society condemning you and calling you all sorts of colorful names and and whatnot so oh this is what i both love and hate about you 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 get my mind working and i leave with more questions than answers but i absolutely love it um and and this is one of those questions in which i find myself on a roundabout chasing my own tail <laughs> trying well, to explain things. i mean you've hit a good point right and that's to say that like historically if we review if we review societies um especially at the point in time where society occurs there's almost always this connection to some grand force right so now even in sci-fi and different uh, debated ancient theories right you know whether it's aliens or it's uh, industry or evolution you know there, there's this connection to power in some way yeah so when we talk about the power of the collective i yep. mean that's something that has a lot of relevance in today's society is perceiving of the, this power yeah what do you think is the power of the craft the power of working working together because like it, it, there's a unique way that we approach it. like right now we're connected we get on facebook we've got thousands of friends we have we were all you know we're connected virtually we're, yeah. we're all a part of it but why is it that the relationships that we make within the craft have such a different depth to them i think that's because we've we have all experienced the same thing with you know uh, our degree work with the ritual and ceremony regarding that degree work and also we have agreed to the same obligation the same moral obligation and that's i find it or at least to my experience that's what i find binds us at least with any of the interactions that i've had with with brothers of the craft you know we all operate on that line of having that that similar experience you know um which which obviously may have its slight nuances depending on on which jurisdiction you fall under but fundamentally it is the same experience we have taken that same obligation we understand collectively um what it is we are striving for as brothers in the craft. Um, you know, we we understand the rules in which we are playing. There is that. Okay, so I... with that, let, let, let me kind of 
challenge it a little bit and which would go to say that are we not all human do we not all understand the value of survival of shelter of engagement right you know in a certain sense we all on, a, on, a, on an unconscious level get that we're gonna die we have these understandings but why doesn't why, don't, why doesn't that yeah. unify us in the same way oh that is something that i've been asking myself for years like we have more in as humans as people than, than, than what divides us and I, 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 honestly that, that's been a question that's plagued my mind like why are we focusing on just this this little ball of differences that is fucking locked away in the back cupboard when there is like this whole room of commonality that we have to get through in order to reach that small little dark room in the back um in all honesty i i, I think it's just because people don't care which is which is a shitty thing to say like you know you care about you and yours and, and again that's not applied to everyone but from my experiences that that is the majority of, of people's views you know i'll care about me and mine and you do you and yours and, and i think through freemasonry once we are initiated into the craft you know the brothers of the craft you know they, they are your family they are essentially your brothers they are now mine and i am theirs like in that sense we have something that binds us again which is funny enough because as you said before you know as humans we have much more that binds us than what freemasonry does yet somehow we we don't get along and to be honest i, I wouldn't be able to provide you with a very clear answer because that is something that I'm still figuring out myself and it's something that I've been asking myself years and years and, and I guess that's why I have wholeheartedly been attracted to Freemasonry because um, it offers what I've been seeking out you know it, it, it provides those answers as to you know why can't we get along you know wh why are we so similar yet so fucking different you know, um, it's, it's funny that way because it, so the way that I think Freemasonry gives it a unique approach, at least this is the way that I've, I've kind of started to, to understand, especially after I consider a lot of the teachings of the second degree and the first degree, those things which are not so specifically allegorical and they are more very literal, you know, like, yeah, you know, they're, they're very like, just don't be a fucking idiot. Um, yeah, it's remarkable. It's, it's it's amazing how effective that is. But at the same point, when you look at it, right, they're tools. They're all they're, all of them are tools to give you a better picture of this thing that you could never fit in one picture. Right, you've got you've got something you've got to try to, try to fit in the whole frame, but it's almost impossible to. So you're we're going to give you we're going to teach you braille so you can understand what these bumps mean. We're you know we're going to teach you, you know, we're going to give you these things which will let you see the whole. And I think that's yep. something because you're right, you know, as people, we do have more experiences as a whole, even like sorrow and suffering. And I think that's why, like, you know, TikTok and social media has really just risen because the, the one thing that's come out of it for the human consciousness is, oh, we're not all that different. And in fact, all of us no. are looking for the same thing. We're looking for these things, you know, we're. So I find it interesting in many spaces that the craft and with many religions, with many orders, with many different teachings, right? This isn't restricted just to the craft of Freemasonry, though it's definitely there. Yeah. You know, that that is that that part whereby you get glimpses. Like the minute I put a box in anything, well, that's going to give you the ability to separate what is in the box from what is outside the box. Not that they are separate, yeah. 
but this is what they do um, in the Christian mythology or mythos. It's interesting because the first uh, right, the first name ever given to, or not, let me write it, the first challenge, right? You know, job given to Adam or creation was to name everything. By naming mm-hmm. something on a certain level, you've separated it. You're, you're giving it this form going, you are this, you are yep. this, you are this. And so as, you know, as builders, the only way you can build appropriately is by having different names for different things. And so it's like in many spaces, you see different, all kinds of paths and systems for organizing this human experience. But the craft does so in such a way that is very harmonious to working together. We all get building. We all get society on a certain space. But to figure out how to implement that practically, that becomes the question. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think another thing that sort of, you know, why as Freemasonry, why we operate on that level of commonality as a part, you know, as opposed to society, I think it's because we are um, sort of forced outside of our comfort zone, you know, to interact with men that we would never have interacted with socially because they are outside our social circles. They believe in things completely different than we are. They come from a walk of life that is completely unlike my own, Um, you know, whereas in human society i can pick who i want to interact with whereas in a lodge you know whoever turns up is who i you get what you get yeah you get what you get man like it's like tough shit you know just suck it up buttercup and you know talk to your brother you know um i, I think that's where the differences are is that as brothers of the craft um you know because we, we're not united by creed or doctrine or or, or belief um you know which is apart from church because that's their commonality that's that's their binding their binding glue whereas in freemasonry um it's 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 the idea and you can't choose who comes to lodge you can't choose who you sit next to within the body of a lodge respectively of course um and and you know when you're there you you are challenged you are constantly challenged um and the only way to, to challenge yourself is to Make those interactions with, with these individuals who you would never have spoken to if you walked on, you know, if you crossed each other in a street. That's that's the difference I, I feel anyway. Um, and then obviously with that with that you know tolerance comes understanding. Then when with understanding comes love. And I, I think within the body of a lodge and, and and the way in which we dictate ourselves while within those uh, four walls is um, is rather unique. Um, Yeah. Honestly, I, I really get it. And I mean, especially with the general vibes with, with, that you put down within the space, because again, it's about having a system of communication. Language is so important because it's what allows us to yeah. communicate. Um, communication is the expression that we have to try to capture and share. It's this exchange, it's input and output. And when we look at the craft, when we look at all of these different systems, you know, it's about creating this cohesive sense of communication between all of the different parts, right? We, you look at a building and you're like, it's, it's the composition of a lot, not just any one kind of material, not just any one singular thought, but a lot of thought, all existence mirrors that same space and understanding how to see the relationship that you have as an individual to the individual next to you will shit that is an underlying and unifying principle taught in almost every faith ever recorded since the beginning of time eternal. I mean, Christianity says, you know, love your neighbor like your brother or love them like yourself, however you want to look at that. 
you know, it's done something, it's giving you some instruction as to how to unify you with the whole. In Freemasonry, yep. it's this, we're all on the level, we're all working towards the same purpose. We're, you know, even if it's a simple purpose, but, you know, this collective good to be better, however we seem, you know, that that's deemed to be declared. 